Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. It's so great to be here with you today on the 23rd day of January. I feel like January is a long month. And here's my theory why. I think it's because we have Thanksgiving and then we have like a month and then we have Christmas and then we have New Year's that next week and everything just goes by so quick and then we kind of settle, we do settle into the new year and we're settling back into routines and we maybe have resolutions or things that we want to do differently so we have new routines and things are just kind of floating and we kind of settle and we're coming out of the zoom of life that the holidays typically put us in and we're just flowing we're just going with it and it, that can feel really long because we've anticipated Thanksgiving, then we anticipated Christmas Eve, and then Christmas, and then New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day. And now, we're just taking it day by day. So that's my theory of why I feel like January is so long. But anyways, I hope that your January has been good so far. We are more than halfway through it. And um, yeah, I'm excited about today's reading. We're going to continue our story with... Um, with Genesis 32 through 34, and we continue on with the Common English Bible for this week. Jacob went on his way, and God's messengers approached him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp, and he named that sacred place Mahanim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau, towards the land of Seir, the open country of Edom. He gave them these orders, Say this to my master Esau, this is the message of your servant, Jacob. I've lived as an immigrant with Laban, where I've stayed till now. I own cattle, donkeys, flock, men servants, and women servants. I'm sending this message to my master now to ask that he be kind. The messengers returned to Jacob and said, He went out to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet with you with 400 men. Jacob was terrified and felt trapped, so he divided the people with him and the flocks, cattle, and camels into two camps. He thought, If Esau meets the first camp and attacks it, at least one camp will be left to escape. Jacob said, Lord, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, who said to me, Go back to your country and to your relatives, and I'll make sure things go well for you. I don't deserve how loyal and truthful you've been to your servant. I went away across the Jordan with just my staff, but now I've become two camps. Save me from my brother Esau. I'm afraid how he will come and kill me, the mothers and their children. You are the one who told me. I will make sure things go well for you, and I will make your descendants like the sea of the sand. So many you won't be able to count them. Jacob spent that night there. From what he had acquired, he set aside a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats. 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 nursing camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 family donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He separated these herds and gave them to his servants. He said to them, Go ahead of me and put some distance between each of the herds. He ordered the first group, When my brother Esau meets you and asks you, Who are you with? Where are you going? And whose herds are these in front of you? Say, they are your servant Jacob's, a gift sent to my master Esau, and Jacob is actually right behind us. He also ordered the second group, 
the third group, and everybody following the herds. Say exactly the same thing to Esau when you find him. Say also, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I may be able to pacify Esau with the gift I'm sending ahead. When I meet him, perhaps he will be kind to me. So Jacob sent the gift ahead of him, but he spent that night in the camp. Jacob got up during the night, took his two wives, his two women servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the Jabbok River's shallow water. He took them and everything that belonged to him, and he helped them cross the river. But Jacob stayed apart by himself, and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. When the man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's thigh and tore a muscle in Jacob's thigh as he wrestled with him. The man said, Let me go, because the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. He said to Jacob, What's your name? Then he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you struggled with God and with men and won. Jacob also asked and said, Tell me your name. But he said, Why do you ask for my name? And he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, because I have seen God face to face, and my life has been saved. The sun rose as Jacob passed Peniel, limping because of his thigh. Therefore, Israelites don't eat the tendon attached to the thigh muscle to this day, because he grabbed Jacob's thigh muscle at the tendon. Jacob looked up and saw Esau approaching with 400 men. Jacob divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two women servants. He put the servants and their children first, Leah and her children after them, and Rachel and Joseph last. He himself went in front of them and bowed to the ground seven times as he was approaching his brother. But Esau ran to meet him, threw his arms around his neck, kissed him, and they wept. Esau looked up and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children that God generously gave your servant. The women servants and their children came forward and bowed. Then Leah and her servants also came forward and bowed. And afterwards, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed. Esau said, What's the meaning of this entire group of animals that I met? Jacob said, To ask for my master's kindness. Esau said, I already have plenty. My brother, keep what's yours. Jacob said, No, please, do me the kindness of accepting my gift. Seeing your face is like seeing God's face. Since you've accepted me so warmly, take this present that I've brought, because God has been so generous to me, and I have everything I need. So Jacob persuaded him, and he took it. Esau said, Let's break camp and set out, and I'll go with you. But Jacob said to him, my master knows that the children aren't strong and that I'm responsible for the nursing flocks and cattle. If I punish them hard for even one day, all of the flocks will die. My master, go on ahead of your servant, but I've got to take it easy, going only as fast as the animals in front of me and the children are able to go until I meet you in Seir. Esau said, Let me leave some of my people with you. But Jacob said, Why should you do this? since my master has already been so kind to me. That day Esau returned on the road to Seir, but Jacob traveled to Succoth. He built a house for himself, but made temporary shelters for his animals. Therefore he named the place Succoth. 
Jacob arrived safely to the city of Shechem in the land of Canaan on his trip from Padanaram, and he camped in front of the city. He bought the section of the field where he pitched his tent from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 quistas. Then he set up an altar there and named it El Elhoi. Dinah, the daughter whom Leah had borne to Jacob, went out to meet the woman of that country. When Shechem, the son of the Hivite, Hemor, and the country's prince saw her, he took her, slept with her, and humiliated her. He was drawn to Dinah, Jacob's daughter. He loved the young woman and tried to win her heart. Shechem said to his father, Hamor, Get this girl for me as my wife. Now Jacob heard that Shechem defiled his daughter Dinah, but his sons were with the animals in the countryside. So he decided to keep quiet until they got back. Meanwhile, Hamor, Shechem's father, went out to Jacob to speak with him. Just then, Jacob's sons got back from the countryside. When they heard what had happened, they were deeply offended and very angry because Shechem had disgraced Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter. Such things are simply not done. Hamor said to them, My son Shechem's heart is set on your daughter. Please let him marry her. Arrange marriages with us. Give us your daughters to take, our daughters for yourselves. Live with us. The land is available to you. Settle down, travel through it, and buy property in it. Shechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, If you approve of me, tell me what you want, and I'll give it to you. Make the bride price and marriage gifts as large as you like, and I will pay whatever you tell me. Then let me marry the young woman. Jacob's sons responded deviously to Shechem and his father Hamor, because Shechem defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, We can't do this, allowing our sisters to marry uncircumcised men, because it's disgraceful to us. We can only agree to do this if you circumcise every male as we do. Then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters for ourselves. We will live with you and be one people. But if you don't listen to us and become circumcised, we will take our daughters and leave. Their ideas seemed like a good one to Hamor and Hamor's son Shechem. The young man didn't waste any time doing this because he liked Jacob's daughters so much. He was more respected than anyone else in his father's household. Hamor and his son Shechem went to their city's gate and spoke to the men of their city. These men want peace with us. Let them live in the land and travel through it. There's plenty of land for them. We'll marry their daughters and give them our daughters. But the men will agree to live with us and become one people, only if we circumcise every male and just as they do. Their livestock, their property, and all their animals. Won't they be ours? Let's agree with them and let them live with us. Everyone at the city gate agreed with Hamor and his son Shechem. So every able-bodied man in the city was circumcised. On the third day, when they were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons and Dinah's brothers, Simeon and Levi, took their swords, came into the city, which suspected nothing, and killed every male. They killed Hamor and his son Shechem with their swords, took Dinah from Shechem's household, and left. When Jacob's other sons discovered the dead, they looted the city that had defiled their sister. They took their flocks, their cattle, and their donkeys. Whether in the city or in the fields nearby, they carried off their property, their children, and their wives. They looted the entire place. Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You've put me in danger by making me offensive to those who live here in the land, 
the Canaanites and the Perizzites. I only have a few men. They may join forces, attack me and destroy me, me and my household. They said, but didn't he treat our sister like a prostitute? This is probably my least favorite story to read because it's just so awful. It, it just is. I mean, I can think of a couple different times that there's mention of rape in the Bible. The first story that we ever hear of it uh, is Lot's daughters raping their father. And then we have this, If unless I'm leaving some out, which I don't think I am, but I want to give that disclaimer. I could be leaving something out, but... Then the next time we read of it is with Shechem. Um, now, this is the part that has always been a little confusing to me. So I'm available to be wrong in this, but I feel like this is also common sense, common sense mixed with some wisdom here. So we see that um, there's this... Well, first and foremost, I love this the this part where... I'll pause what I was going to say about um, this story of, of abuse. But um, so the part that I do enjoy of this story is Jacob is kind of getting all bent out of twist about seeing his brother Esau. It's been a hot minute since they've seen each other. And I'm sure that um, Jacob feels some regret, some remorse, some he's got to feel something. And so the reason why I think he's got to feel something is because he's having all of these um, really like anxieties about seeing his brother and they make sense you know he cheated his brother out of his birthright um, and now he's in this place like he I mean he's just in this place where Esau could have been and so imagine going and seeing somebody that you wronged in that type of way and feeling anxious about it I feel like that checks out you know like I don't think he's crazy for that um, but Esau, the way that he responds is um, is with forgiveness. And we see that uh, Jacob wrestles with God. So he wrestles with God, um, which is so interesting. So he, he Jacob stays apart by himself and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. So could be a few hours, could be the whole night, a long time. And then when the man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's thigh and tore a muscle in Jacob's thigh as he wrestled with him. And the man said, let me go because the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I won't go until you bless me. Said to Jacob, what's your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you struggled with God and with men and won. This is interesting. Jacob gets a new name. His name is now Israel. And so um, in the, the scriptural text it says that it's it's a man but then in, in the subtext part it says jacob wrestles with god so i don't know here about this and maybe i'll just keep my my thoughts to myself in this aspect but i'm like okay so is he wrestling with who's he wrestling with you know like we're seeing god but we're seeing man i got some questions there but um the the point is is he's now israel he gets his name asked and he's saying, I won't go until you bless me, uh, which is just fascinating in itself because he's already been blessed. He's already had this blessing, right? But now he's he's wanting a, a further blessing. But um, this man is saying, listen, you, you won't be Jacob any longer. 
but Israel because you struggled with God and with men and won. And um, I love that. I love that we can wrestle with God. We can wrestle with men and we can win with the Lord. We win in God. And so anyway, so then we see Esau forgives Jacob and then we go down to Jacob. He arrives safely at the city of Shechem, the land of Canaan uh, from his trip. And so they camp at the city and he pitches his tents and he's like, okay, cool. And so we see Shechem. So he sees Dinah and basically like the second that he sees her, he takes her and he sleeps with her and humiliates her. And so in some translations, it, it will say that he defiles her or that he rapes her or that he abuses her. And so what's so confusing is like he's drawn to her. He loved her. He's trying to win her heart, which just sounds like, um, I mean, I don't know this guy. I'm not going to try to label him, but I do have beef with him because doesn't he's not a good guy. Like, he, no, not a good guy. Uh, I'm like narcissistic behavior, love bombing, um, very abusive. Just all of these different terms come to mind. But um, anyways, he's claiming that he's in love with her. And um, so he's so much so that he's like, I have to have her, figure out how I can get her. Let's go and make this deal. Please let me marry her. Let's arrange marriages. Let's let, you know, our tribes, our peoples be intertwined. Like, we'll let you marry our daughters. You let us marry your daughters. And um, Jacob's sons, I don't know how many of them are, or whose idea this is. It just says Jacob's sons uh, respond deviously to Shechem and his father Hamor because Shechem defiled their sister Dinah. And, um, and so they're like, yeah, let's, you got to be circumcised, though. We're not going to we're not going to let you intertwine unless you're circumcised. And uh, to circumcision, I mean, I've never had it done. I'm a female. So uh, I can only imagine that it's painful. I mean, we don't need to talk about that, but it's painful, let alone as a, as a newborn. Um, but then as a grown man or in your teenage years, imagine that's got some recovery time so by day three they are still recovering and um that's when the rest of their devious plan comes into play and they slaughter all of of the, of the men and that really this whole city and they, they they killed every male and so they they take all of their plunder they take everything that they have and uh, then jacob and He's, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you've put me in danger by making me offensive to those who live here in the land. And uh, he's like, I only have a few men. They may join forces, attack me and destroy me, me and my household. But his sons are telling him, but didn't he treat our sister like a prostitute? So there's just so much different parts of the story that I'm like, oh, come on. Like, that's the response here? Like, Jacob, seriously, this is your response to your daughter? Like you're more, I get it, I get it. You're in survival mode, men need to provide. They're the hunter-gatherer, they are the provider. I understand it as much as I can being a female. Um, and then being like, listen, I, I gotta make sure that we all don't get killed. So like, what what are you, what are you doing? Um, I think that that's somewhat fair, but also like, time out, buddy. Like your daughter just got humiliated and abused. And your response is more of like, 
okay, but how's this going to affect me? I'm like, ah, I don't like this. I don't like this. So man, this is it's just a hard one to read, but these were the things that were going on in these times. And I think the reason why, you know, the writers and the people who pieced the Bible together decided, yeah, we're going to leave these in here is because there's people that can relate to this. And as much as that makes my stomach turn and makes my eyes fill up with tears, there's somebody who feels one probably triggered by this story, probably like, gosh, I can relate to that. Something similar happened. Um, I'm, I'm speaking for that for like a rhetorical person, like something like that happened to me and I'm I, this strikes a nerve and I, like, what do I do? And so that's the parts that make me uncomfortable is the, oh man, this made me think of that. And now I'm thinking about it. And so I always want to land in a place of prayer and just protecting, just asking the Lord to protect the hearts of those who have suffered abuse. But I want to make this one thing clear because I know there's so many in the community that maybe not so many in the community that was a, a stretch but i know that there are some in the community and whether it's currently or have been in the past that have suffered through domestic violence or abuse or um anything in that category and you're you're confused because there is that oh, i i, I want to marry you i love you so much and i i'm so fond of you i gotta get you right now i'm just like that is not love and that is not what God has for you. That is not the vision of marriage. And this is not how you went over someone's heart. And this is not what God had in mind when he orchestrated marriage. It is not done in a selfish ambition or in a way that says, I will get what I want no matter how it happens. And I understand the times are different and some things are culturally different. So I'll let that be, you know, a, a little like buffer. Um, but I also know that if you can relate to this story, your story is valid and your story matters. And I just I just feel like we should pray. That's all I have to say. So Father, I thank you for your word and your people as messy and transparent and vulnerable as it is. God, I thank you that um, these stories are in here because these stories are still happening, unfortunately, Lord. And I know that it breaks your heart because it breaks mine. And God, I just pray that you would be with people who feel um, just maybe triggered or that story is being pinched, that nerve is being pinched again, whether things ended in what felt like a, a justice um, uh, or, or a a to to the enemy kind of feeling or maybe our, that story didn't happen the way that we wanted it to turn out there was no justice there was no vindication there was no validation there was no anything Lord I just pray that you'd be close to the brokenhearted that you'd be close to those that are just having those thoughts or feelings come back up and God I just pray that you'd be close to them Lord I pray that you would reveal yourself as father that you would remind them that you are the ultimate judge even in our country that we have judicial systems and we have judges god i thank you that you're the ultimate judge that even where man stepped out and didn't validate didn't vindicate didn't um do the the right thing god i thank you that you do the right thing that you are working on our behalf that you um you see what's fit you see what's just and you see uh, 
who needs mercy, who needs grace, and who needs judgment. And I thank you, Lord, that um, you care for your people, you care for your sons, you care for your daughters. And Lord, I just pray that you would um, just reveal yourself further to those who are hurting, to those who can relate to this story. And uh, Lord, would you just remind them that it's not their fault. They didn't deserve it. It shouldn't have happened. That wasn't love. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. And um, you will restore and redeem in your timing. And so Lord, I just thank you for who you are. And I thank you for this uh, this message, this time today that just draws us closer into your heart and draws us closer as a community and how to support, better support, better listen, and better care for those who, who need it. And so Lord, I just ask that you would come and be near. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Ooh, like I said, not a favorite story of mine to read. And um, yeah, I just encourage you if you if you feel like you need to take a, a, a second, um, do so. If you need to go take a walk out in nature, do so. If you need to call a friend, do so. If you need to talk with a therapist, do so. If you need to just have a moment with the Lord, do so. Um, I just try to be sensitive of these things. I don't super, I can't super relate. Um, but I just have a heart because I've heard the calls over the years. I've heard the stories. I've read the, the comments on, on, on prayer chats and, and Facebook pages. And I know that there's people who can relate to this. And so I just try my best to tread lightly and, um, and not to make, make it a bigger thing than, than what it is, but also just to, to draw light because there are, there are little times where we read this in, in the Bible and I think that it holds its weight and it's necessary to talk about them, especially in the, um, the Christian community and uh, in the Capital C Church. And um, I try my best to do it in a way that just brings validation and love and comfort. And, um, and I, I, don't, I hope that that's uh, being received. And if not, um, I would love to know how to do better in that. But that is all for today. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, DABC, I hope you guys are able to get this call. Sometimes my calls do not go in, which is okay. Um, but I have two prayer requests. And the first one is, I have. this is my second year on DABC. And I did it last year. And I actually started in like February. And I was working for my dad. And I needed something to listen to because I cleaned his company. And I would be there for hours at a time. And then I would be like, okay, I'm bored. I listened to podcasts for an hour and I would still have all the time. So I actually caught up with Daily Audio Bible Chronological so that I could catch up. And then I ended up catching up like a month's worth of TBC and I loved it. And I stayed really consistent and I stayed consistent all last year. I attend Moody Bible Institute, which is a great college and I love it a lot. But I think that there is this overload that kind of comes in a little bit after doing Daily Audio Bible, which I use kind of as my time with the Lord in the morning. It's the first thing I do to DBC and then to going to classes. And sometimes it's just too much for me, but I really want to consistently do DBC. And I don't want to just treat it as a checklist, which I think is unfortunately how I kind of ended the year a little bit, was like, okay, I'm doing it because I I need to, I need to do it. And once I get into a habit, I hate breaking it. So 
just help me to desire to listen to God's word with DBC and that I would grow my relationship with him um, through DBC in particular. And then the other thing I wanted just pray for is my photography business that I would just have some bookings. I'm starting a new city, new environment. And so, yeah, just prayer requests for those. Thank you guys and praying for you all and love you. Bye. Hey, DAB Chronological, this is Mary from Virginia. And I was just listening to today's, um, the 18th of January uh, message and prayer requests and heard a prayer for Grace who was missing, um, which was just so um, heartfelt and compassionate. And just thank you for that prayer request. And then hearing right after that, uh, just a praise report that she was found. So praise God, just wanted to um, call in and, and give all the glory to the Lord. Thank you so much, God, for just bringing Grace home. Hi, this is Pure Heart from Tennessee, and I just wanted to um, call in prayer for a couple of friends of mine that are, are needing um, kidneys or needing to have their kidneys renewed. And also remembering our sister here, um, DABC, Tamika, because she has that same need as well. And, and any others that um, haven't called in but maybe on dialysis or having kidney issues. Father God, Lord, I just thank you that you are our creator. You knit us in our mom's womb with every intricate detail. And Father God, to create for you is a small thing. So healing, Father God, it should be even simpler. Father God, I just thank you that um, we can come boldly to the throne of God and petitioning healing because you gave us that authority. And Father, I just pray that the kidneys will function as you created them or there'll be, um, as Tamika asked, a living donor for her in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for those that... Um, that even have to um, care for those that are taking dialysis day in and day out. And I just ask that you would just give them strength and courage and, and that you would give them peace of mind as they go home. And I ask, Father God, that you would just give them your anointing that, that'll make um, the ones at dialysis day pleasant in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. Thank you. Amen. Good morning, DABC family. This is Daphne from Dallas. I just heard that Grace was found safe and sound and back with her family. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing and answering our prayers. We know that you are always working. And so we just thank you for this yet another blessing um, for this family, Lord God. I do um, also want to ask the, um, the DABC family to pray for my mother-in-law. Uh, she is moving into hospice care. Um, she does not want any further treatment. She has peripheral artery disease, dementia, and some other issues. And so, of course, it's hard for the family, my husband and his siblings, and the rest of us who love her to let her go. But that is her wish. She is a Christ follower. And uh, so, 
I just pray for this process. I still pray that God would heal her because he's a miracle worker. Um, and also pray and help the family to, um, to accept God's will and, um, and that the Lord would strengthen the family and help us through whatever it is that he brings our way. We know we're whatever it is that in the end it's good. And so I thank you in advance for your prayers. Have a great day. Thank you.